We were warned about the dystopian future. Novels were written over the past hundred years, and we were warned. But guess what? We are in the dystopian future, and I am not being, I'm not exaggerating. For the past few days, we've heard about Sargon of Akkad and why he was banned from Patreon. For those that didn't hear, he said a racial slur 10 months ago. Effectively, a bad word uttered 10 months ago was enough to get his monthly income removed from him. Some people have called this the unpersoning. We also saw what happened to Alex Jones. I'm not a fan of Jones, but having his livelihood and having his voice removed from the internet, in my opinion, is extremely dangerous. What we can see now is that more and more of our world is in virtual spaces, our communication, our financial transactions. It's virtual. And that means the platforms, these, these virtual spaces where these things can happen, like financial transactions or speech, are owned by people. The Constitution protects our rights, but only in the real world. And 100 years ago, everything took place in the real world. If you wanted to speak, the government couldn't stop you from speaking. You could go out into a field and say whatever you wanted to a certain extent. But today, if you want to speak, our culture has speech online. And those platforms have decided for various reasons that your speech is not allowed. In the instance of Sargon of Akkad, it was the moral outrage. How dare you say this word? Now, of course, other channels have said things far worse, but that's different because you can violate the spirit of the law or say something that violates the terms of service, but we're willing to bypass this if it's not a sin against our ideology. Well, Sargon sinned and thus he is gone. But we're also seeing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr banning adult content. Here comes the Puritanism. Sex is bad. You can't have this. And this is not so much moral outrage, but law. Laws were passed that put these platforms at risk, and thus they said, you know what? We're not going to allow anything like this on our platforms. And lastly, the third in this dystopian future that's causing us to lose the ability to speak and to express our ideas is just plain and simple. It's advertising. If advertisers don't want to be associated with something, they won't pay for it, and thus those ideas eventually disappear. And that links back to moral outrage. Advertisers are scared of moral outrage, and thus they will not advertise on content that could be seen as morally reprehensible, even if most people find it to be actually rather okay. And thus we are finding ourselves further and further in the, into the rabbit hole of this dystopian world. Today, we're going to take a look at some of the latest examples of the complete and utter collapse of free expression, free thought, and l- let this be a warning, I suppose. Because no matter how many times people say the dystopia is here, Well, I've got evidence to back this up, and there are a lot of things that have happened recently that should probably worry you. Now, here's the best part. Before I get started, I actually have a sponsor for this video, Virtual Shield. Virtual Shield is a virtual private network service. They help keep your data safe. They can keep what you do online private. Just go to hidewithtim.com and click get this exclusive deal, and you can get a virtual private network for just $3.24 per month. After you click get the exclusive deal, you'll be brought here where you can sign up with a free 30-day trial. In my opinion, it makes sense to have some layer of security when you're browsing the web if you don't want other people to know what you're doing. And let me just end by saying, advertising is so incredibly important to make sure certain ideas can exist, the ability to feed yourself and live. So I'm extremely grateful to Virtual Shield for sponsoring this video. If you want to get a virtual private network, go to hidewithtim.com today. OneAngryGamer.net published this story today about Studio Fow, 
permanently banned from Patreon. But this is actually an old story. This is about a month or two old. On Reddit, they posted the message they sent to all of their fans when they announced that Patreon had sent them an email saying they are shutting down our page permanently and that we are no longer welcome on the platform. Pretty hilarious, considering they were giving us awards and plaques just a couple of years ago. How times change. Patreon published a post to Medium saying, as part of updating the community guidelines, we're taking a clearer stance on some fringe areas of adult content. Over the past few months, there's been a lot of discussion among our trust and safety team about how we can better articulate how we evaluate certain areas of content. It became evident that we needed to outline a clearer stance on some fringe adult content. With today's update, we're also being more clear about specific categories of fictional erotic content that Patreon cannot be used to support. But it's not just Patreon. This story from Reason just on December 6th, Facebook also becoming a sexuality-free zone from the Reason Roundup. New rules ban erotic art, talk of shared sexual interests, kink groups, and anything that, quote, encourages sexual encounters between adults. They quote PC Mag that writes, Facebook already had a ban on porn and sexual solicitation on the platform. It was previously stated under the sexual exploitation of adults and adult nudity and sexual activity section of Facebook's content rules. However, the social network decided to flesh out the anti-sexual solicitation policy to help Facebook better address the content on the platform, a company spokesman told PC Mag. And this announcement came a few days after we heard Tumblr was banning porn. Reason said, Tumblr says it's banning porn. This will not end well. Tumblr announced today that is banning all adult images from its site beginning in mid-December. That decision that will most certainly cause a mass exodus from the platform, which is heavily focused on sharing images and memes. The purpose of these examples and what I'm bringing up is to show you how the law is actually starting to impose restrictions on speech. Look, people like their adult content for sure, but something happened not too long ago and we could predict this was going to happen. It was the passing of a law called SESTA and FOSTA, which stated that these platforms will be liable if they allow trafficking on their platform, even if they don't know about it. Very predictably, people said, many advocacy groups said, this will result in mass censorship of adult content and legal activity out of a fear that these platforms will be held liable themselves over what their users do. Cookie Cyboid on Twitter made a very interesting thread explaining basically what happened. Quote, why are Tumblr and Facebook cracking down on sex so much? And why is Facebook in so overzealous about it? It's all Apple's fault, etc., etc. I can explain all. It is largely the fault of a set of laws called SESTA and FOSTA, explaining that in the article, these laws make websites responsible for third-party content related to sex work. They can be sued for having full-service sex work ads on their platform, even if they didn't know about it. She explains the laws don't actually do what they're designed to do. They don't stop trafficking. They actually make it harder to find victims. Turns out the easiest way to find victims is online. These laws were passed in April, and we saw a lot of sites disappear overnight. So why are Tumblr and Facebook acting now? They come into force next month. Next month, any website with a U.S. presence can be sued if it allows even unknowingly sexual solicitation. Now, Cookie is not from the U.S., but a lot of internet infrastructure is based in the U.S., and that means people around the world are going to be subject to internet laws. The law was well-intentioned for sure, but this is the unintended consequence. Your porn is going bye-bye, and this is a huge risk to even sites like Pornhub. Seriously, because they could get in trouble if someone makes a video and even uses code words. But we mustn't rule out the power of left-wing moral outrage. 
the moral outrage isn't really coming from centrists and libertarians and people on the right. It's coming from the authoritarian left, and it's negatively impacting all of us, even left-wing sex workers. Majid Nawaz tweeted today that he had Sargon of Akkad on his show to discuss his deplatforming by Twitter and Patreon. He said, I'm being told he's a racist. I'll judge that for myself. Thank you very much, white people. As if that charge being true would mean I support a platform ban, while Hamas and Hezbollah terrorists still have Twitter accounts. I bristle at any suggestion that a nonviolent populist UKIPper should be banned so that we can all be esconded in an echo chamber. I think it's possible for people of color to be racist against whites. I'm yet to see a POC ban for anti-white racism, Farrakhan. Nor should they be. Block individual racist tweets. Don't ban nonviolent users. Do ban violent users. This isn't a free speech thing. It's a consistency thing. Finally, for tech companies to opaquely decide based on clear liberal political bias that Tommy Robinson, Milo, Sargon, and other, quote, racists are too dangerous to be allowed on social media, while pro-blasphemy activists and Hamas, Hezbollah operate openly, is peak first world privilege. The Constitution protects reality. It doesn't protect us on the internet. And if our activities are going to be increasingly on the internet, we need something. Otherwise, it is going to be tech CEO dictators deciding what we can or can't do. It's going to be the combination of that with fear based on laws that are misunderstood or ineffective in the first place. And finally, the last bit is advertising, the demonetization of YouTube and what advertisers will and will not support. You can't swear on YouTube, but you know what? It's been that way for a long time that you couldn't swear in media. But now the problem is, even out of context, certain words don't make sense. Because of the fear that advertisers have, these platforms are instituting algorithms to track down what they view as being not advertiser-friendly. And thus, some content that within its context is totally advertiser-friendly is being, well, it's being singled out. And certain ideas will not receive funding. And that leads us to the Patreon problem. Why did Patreon ban Sargon of Akkad? Well, they banned him for moral outrage. Certainly then, Sargon could find alternative means of funding himself, perhaps advertisers on his content, which doesn't violate any of YouTube's rules. Unfortunately, advertisers are also scared of moral outrage and won't support content that they feel could damage their brand, even if it is a tiny minority that is upset. Because certainly on Patreon, people have done things far worse than what Sargon did. But moral outrage is partisan, it is biased, and it is specific. So when YouTube responds by creating the demonetization function to try and save their business from scared advertisers who are pulling funding out, what do they do? Well, what we've seen in banning content has been fairly consistent in terms of a failure to be consistent. The reason for that is that algorithms don't understand context. If you have a sit-down conversation called racism is bad, the computer just sees the word racism and says, no money for you. And thus, pro-LGBT creators have had their funding stripped because they talked about issues that are deemed potentially offensive, things that are actually socially acceptable. The result is then computer algorithms deciding what is or is not morally acceptable out of a fear that advertisers won't fund it results in actual socially acceptable ideas being restricted. The creators then can't spread the ideas and thus they can't explain why these things should be important and our culture will suffer because of it. How do you convince people that something is just and acceptable? How is it that certain civil rights were won? They were won because people were willing to be offensive 
to stand up and threaten contemporary sensibilities and say, your ideas are wrong. We challenge them openly and publicly. And thus certain ideas became acceptable. When the idea becomes acceptable, then advertisers, payment processors, and third parties relax and say, okay, we're not concerned because we are acting in a socially responsible way. In that sense, the ideologues and billionaire tech CEOs who hold this ideology are extremely dangerous. But we can't rule out the fact that advertisers are terrified of the ideology as well. They're terrified of the backlash. And thus we end up seeing things like baby it's cold outside being banned when no one's really that offended by it at all. And even people who are kind of offended by it aren't really even that offended by it because even feminists are defending the song. At the same time, we can see rap lyrics from a year or two ago that talk about beating and hurting people that are fine. What's going to happen is that those who believe in reason and sensibility will eventually be purged. These ideas will then cease to exist in the public sphere, and this will push all companies and the law further down the rabbit hole, making things worse. My prediction, we are in the dystopia, and we can only see it getting worse and worse as time goes on. I'm not entirely convinced we can pull ourselves out at this point, because I've said it before, we've passed the event horizon. The gravitational pull of the fear of moral outrage will suck us in. And once everything gets locked down and no one is allowed to speak, the revolution will occur. I'm not saying a violent street revolution. I'm saying something will come, something will change, and it will dramatically disrupt the system as it is. But for the time being, we're just being drawn into the black hole, and I'm not sure there's anything we can do about it. But you know what you can do? You can comment below and let me know what you think. We'll keep the conversation going. Not so much a news video necessarily, but I've been sitting thinking about what happened with Sargon and many other creators. And now the fact that they're straight up saying, if you say a word one time, you're gone, your life, your livelihood is, is cut from you. That's truly a dystopian, authoritarian future where words will, lo- will, will cost you your economic security. Words will make sure that you do not get access to resources in society. And is anyone really that mad about it? For the most part, probably not. Probably not. Obviously, the people who don't like Sargon are going to cheer all day and night. But this comes to them too. We have seen activists on the left get purged just the same, and they get angry about it. I would be grateful if people on the left could recognize that sex workers being banned is a bad thing. They could recognize that when someone is banned for political speech, it will affect you too. And then when it does, could you please recognize it was wrong to give people this power in the first place? Comment below. We'll keep the conversation going. You can follow me on Twitter at TimCast. Stay tuned. New videos every day at 4 p.m. And I'll have more videos up on my main channel, youtube.com slash TimCastNews, starting at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all next time.